right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode nine of Ben Drinking, Ben Watching. As always, I'm your host here with uh, Andrew Hogan and Alex Ace Caimano. I'm Matthew Belts, and today we got a special episode for you. We have been away from the podcast for a little bit, so we decided to mix it up. Tonight, you are getting a double feature. This week's movies are The Thing, John Carpenter's 1982 The Thing, and we've got uh, 1981's American Werewolf in London, both pretty uh, fucking amazing movies. We're happy that you're here to listen. Uh, this week's episode of Been Drinking and Been Watching is also unofficially sponsored by Jim Beam and the Old Speckled Hen. Uh, keep it simple, keep it short. This has Been Drinking, Been Watching. Been drinking, been watching. You can sit on your own dick for this one. I will answer it, but I need to know the parameters here. Fucking theater people. Right, ladies and gentlemen, we are officially live. Welcome back, boys. Hey, it's been a long time, everybody. It's been a bit. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, it's good to see you as good well. Good to be back. It's good yeah, to be back it is good to be back behind the mic, you know? I didn't know that I was going to miss it this much. I'm usually not a in front of the mic kind of guy, but it's uh Don't tell yourself short. Yeah, don't set yourself short, days. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm, that's usually not where I stand, but uh, I'm kind of liking it. You're the audio wizard, but you also have a voice for the radio. It's great. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you. Oh, uh-huh. like, like, like Rita Rudna funny? <laughs> what am I, like Rita Rudna funny? Or... <laughs> what did you guys do the last two weeks? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I am I've a... just been on a fucking bender. Yeah, I, I've been on the opposite. I've been on a work bender. I'm working on this show up in Boston. It's actually driving me crazy. Driving you bananas? Driving me a little bit batty. Dude, have you become split? Like, split like uh, it's bananas. But like in my favorite split. James McAvoy film, dude, I'm actually. Living oh my, in is a- it really? <laughs> that and wanted. Oh my god! Don't no, he's quoting yourself. something. He's quoting. What are you quoting? Creed Bratton. Creed Bratton. <laughs> if I can't scuba, what's this all been about? <laughs> Oh, look at you. Fucking leg up and everything. We have a special episode this week. We got a special episode. We had two movies coming to you guys that I personally had never seen either of before. You hadn't seen seen The Thing? I hadn't seen either of them. I saw the 2011 The Thing. I didn't see the 1982 uh, The Thing. Oh, well, you're starting it off, man. What'd you think? Um, So you want to talk about The Thing first? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Thing and America. Of the two movies, um, I liked The Thing more. Okay. Um, Did you really? Yeah, I did. Whoa, I wasn't expecting that. I actually thought The Thing... Like I, a couple of parts, I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to preface this with monster movies don't really do it for me. Sure. You know, like, and I, I feel, I feel like we've, we've talked a, bit, a little bit about this um, on this pod before the whole like sci-fi thing. Like it just doesn't really get me aliens, you know, like I'm, it's not my cup of tea. Hmm. Um, so I went into this a little narrow minded. I was watching it and like the first 10 minutes, like it was like that Antarctic setting. I was like, this just, you know, I was like, whatever, you know, like I'll give For it, sure. I'll give it its fair shot. Wow. You weren't even turned on by the intro. Not really. You know, like I thought even the intro, I was like, I don't get it. I yeah, was like, why is he after this fucking dog? What? Um, and then I mean, <laughs> well, obviously, obviously it all started to make sense. Yeah, <laughs> um, Obviously. But then, um, Right when Blair, right when we meet Blair, mm-hmm. right when we meet his character, then I kind of got sucked in a little bit, and they go sort of investigate the uh, what is it, the uh, Norwegian? Yeah, we're, yeah we're, like, what are we we're with Norway? Yeah, right. when they start when the, when that picked up a little bit, I was like, ooh, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And then they pan over into like the dogs' cages and stuff, and obviously that's when shit pops off for sure. Um, 
so yeah i really liked the thing uh it was definitely worth watching it makes me want to go back and rewatch 2011s because i feel like the visuals oh, for 2011s is so important once you've seen the original yeah i feel like that's probably accurate you know like the the it's visuals not in this it's one, not as good it's the visuals not- in this one were real real good like even like watching it now i was like oh that's like a creepy looking monster and i don't really remember 2011s so like if i were to go back and watch it i feel like it's almost criminal if the visuals aren't stunning for sure yeah these visuals hold up dude i mean come on this whole movie like i don't know what i really dig about this movie and maybe you guys feel this way i really love the whole imagery of fire and ice like i feel like it's used to like really good effect and even with the lighting and the cinematography like it's i don't know it it gets me (laughs) Um, and then, so where I, where American Werewolf kind of lost me a little bit was obviously it's a John Landis film Yeah, and it has that feel the whole time. You know, it feels like a John Landis film. It has that style. It feels like I felt like I was watching coming to America or like watching the blues brothers. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's where he did animal house too. Right? He did animal yeah. house. Yep. Yeah. I feel like that's where the movie went wrong is that it was so Ooh. his vision that it, it took away from like the the drama of it and the the scare of it i i, I didn't get i was in american remote, werewolf yeah i wasn't even remotely startled in that movie I dude was like, i was convinced that american werewolf was directed by somebody from england mm-hmm. and you know or or like a european person like making a commentary on american tourists because it's so fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. It's just what? so fucking stupid. Yeah, what? I really didn't like it. I didn't like it that much. Like, acting wise, it's just fucking stupid. Oh man, I disagree with you. When I was doing my research on it, I was like, oh, this movie's like universally loved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. But it is so fucking dated. I was like, I don't get it. What? No way, man. All right. So what let do me, you mean no way? I don't agree I, with you. you. I really don't agree yeah, with yeah, you. Right, no, so let, let me let me just say this. Like, I I find it a very rare thing at the ripe old age of twenty eight to watch a movie. Movie and actually walk away saying, wow, I think that could end up being a favorite because like by the time you're 28 and you see a lot of movies like we have, it's like, all right, you have your top 10, you have your top 10 in every genre. Like you, you don't yeah. think you can be surprised again. I watched American werewolf like for the first time, like maybe two weeks, three weeks ago. Like this is kind of the discussion we were having earlier. Uh, I watched it like two or three weeks ago for the first time. And I didn't know what to expect. Like my dad had been recommending this movie to me for years. And he was like, and when I told him today that I had watched it, he was like, you just fucking watch it. Like I've seen this 50 <laughs> times and I've been recommending it to you forever. So when I watched it, I really thought it was so unique and original. I love how it blended horror and comedy. Like for me, seamlessly, I really just kind of like the characters are stupid. Like it's, it's a, you know, yeah. more or less it's a road trip movie at the beginning. And then it just kind of like divulges into this horror movie. But I thought it was so, tastefully done i liked the beginning a lot more than i liked the rest of the movie yeah like the beginning i was kind of like oh yeah like this is gonna be fun you know like they get dropped off and he's like i'll miss you girls he says that's <laughs> like, I, in all honesty i think when he died i was just like oh was like, well uh, griffin sucks. griffin dunn was fucking amazing in this movie he was so good wait an american werewolf yeah griffin dunn he yeah plays, i know he I plays know. jack i know i know and yeah. you think he was amazing i think he was amazing i think he's amazing till he died i thought his dead character David. sucked David, <laughs> you didn't like it. No. He's so square. Like they all act so fucking square. In this I think movie. that's. I think that's the point of him. Like, even John Landis said that he wanted that character to be so optimistic at all sure. times, so cheery at all times. Like sure, even when they're I in the barn, he's like, "Excuse me." He's like, "Well, I need to have that five <laughs> five pointed star on the wall." You <laughs> like, made me miss. I I like that guy. Though. I, I like that him. guy. He what else has he been in? By the way, he looks no so idea. recognizable. I think it might have been like Sin City or. Something. No, no, 
you what? know what it was? You, you ever seen that movie From Hell with Johnny Depp? He played yeah. one of the main oh, villains. Oh, yeah, I love that. From Hell. Yeah, he played the guy with the knife in his sleeve who attacks like Heather Graham at the beginning of the movie. He was kind of like that old school classic old English pimp. Oh, shit. He, yeah, that, that was him? him. That was him. Wow. And he's been in a couple other movies, too. Oh, wow. Like, he has Look a recognizable, go. like, small part. Yeah, that was a deep cut. You like that? Yeah, I did. Look <laughs> at you go. Waza. You like From Hell? I haven't seen it in a long time. Dave yeah. Schofield. Long time. Dave guy. Schofield. That's yeah. my dude. Yeah, he was good in this oh, movie. Oh, he was in Gladiator, too, as Falco. Yes, he was. Yeah, he's kind of got those small bit parts that I. And I he was know. Mercer in the Caribbeans. That's it. Yes, he was Mercer. He was on uh, Tom Holland's ship. Uh, yeah. He's wow. like old in this movie, though. So it's like, well, he yeah. just naturally well, looks they, old. Yeah. He has crate a face. He's got a crate of face. <laughs> so, okay. Andrew didn't like it. You don't. You I like don't, the thing. I like the thing. You like the thing. I didn't, I didn't like American Werewolf in London, though. All right. So let me let me kind of moderate this real quick. Let's go to the thing first. Like, if you guys right. could pick out a couple of elements to the thing, what do you think you really like? If you could harp on two or three elements, what really worked for you? And what do you kind of harp on? What What do you think of it? Go ahead, Ace. I let off. Um, I mean, what I really love about the thing is that it's so ominous mm. and like you don't know anything about this creature. It's just a bunch of good old boys with J&B scotch trying to do their job as researchers. McGreedy. And, and they're just put in the situation of, you know, complete and total peril. Like all of a sudden the world is flipped upside down. Like we had we have to get through spraying doing research here. And now there is something completely unexplainable, and here's how we're all going to react. And Correct I think me if that, I'm wrong. Didn't they like just get there too? Like it was like their second or third week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They weren't even too far into the stint. And, and it's like uh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was a. I thought that was pretty awesome. I mean, when I mean, what works for the thing is that you're just so amazed at what they did effects wise. Like what so, you would say the the setting and the effects are two things you'd harp on. Oh yeah, oh okay. yeah, those are like the it, it's like Alien, but in the Antarctic. Fuck yeah, and that that that's I mean I love Alien. Like Le, yeah, I'm in the same boat. You know I love that. Yeah, movie. it's one of the best movies ever made. No so. one can hear you scream in space. No one can you hear, hear you, you scream fucking scream in the fucking, scream in the fucking yeah. Arctic either. Yeah, dude. Like oh my god. Like I'll I'll come to bat on that. Like the whole setting. Like Andrew, you said you you were kind of turned off at the beginning. Like it was kind of slow. I think the opening works. I think the opening is one of the most powerful openings to a horror movie. It's like, okay, first of all, that is a dog. You're going to turn off half your audience right away. Why the fuck are you trying to shoot a dog? So like automatically, I think that that just kind of raises the stakes. And then on top of that, the way it was filmed, like they're actually in the middle of nowhere. Right. Actually in the middle of nowhere. So as from a production side, you're asking yourself, how the fuck did they do that? I was asking that the whole time. I was like, was that an on location suit? It was. It was, dude. They filmed that up in British Columbia. They found like some kind of a, a barren wasteland. They scouted it during like the summer months when like, so the place that they ended up building that whole location, they scouted that during the summer months and i was watching the behind the scenes earlier that was all like it, it was kind of a, a mining town so essentially there was no one kidding. road that led up there and it was all kind of you know flat and there was no snow when they scouted it and started building and they anticipated that by the time they got there it would snow and that was the result wow that's awesome right now did they did they have to dig those trenches and those tunnels Oh, good question. Didn't get that far. Okay. Don't that, was, that, that was impressive. But like, everything was, was filmed really on location. Impressive. So maybe like they did like some kind of a soundstage situation. Maybe. Yeah, that would make sense if they did that. But that was that was super cool. Yeah. So, okay. So Ace, you're, you're going to the setting. You're going to the special effects. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and then what, you wanted an American werewolf in London? Or are we just doing the thing first? Uh, you, you tell me. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Go on with the thing. What, what are your things? So the things that I liked about the thing... Um, 
First, the I things I liked about the, the things. things I liked about the thing. First, I want to talk about um, the scene. On no, the, the, the um the defibrillator scene. Oh yeah, did I, that get you? That was that like <laughs> I, that like startled me a little bit. Like I was like, <laughs> and, and, and that was and that leads me into the next segue into the visuals. You know, like the visuals. I gotta say, I'm not I'm not a huge visuals guy. You know what I mean? Like I like the movies for like the substance and the acting. You and like the stuff. story. You like uh, the yeah, actors, right? And I like the writing. Um. But that, that got you. I was like, oh my God. I was like, that's the, that's one of the coolest scenes that I've ever seen, especially because it was so, sh it wasn't scary. You know, like, no, to it's me, just this out of nowhere. Like, it's not a horror movie. No, this is sci fi. Yeah. I, it, it's effective sci fi. Yeah. And I, and I really did jump at that. And then um, I'm not like a, he, um, a super knowledgeable Kurt Russell guy. Sure. Kurt Russell's so got you, some like, chops. Yeah. Like, Kurt Russell's awesome. Like Kurt this. Russell command he was like a he's like a leading man. Like he, he kind of carries he that. He had movie. like a little, he, little he Brad does. Pitt vibe. Like little Brad Pitt before Brad? No, like, <laughs> like what Brad Pitt was for like the late nineties, early two thousands. I kind of got a little bit of that from Kurt no Russell. Kidding. Like, sure. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I could see that. So let me ask you this. I know this is a little off topic. Does that maybe inform his role for you in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, almost like he was right? he was yeah. that he that, was yeah. that guy. Yeah. What it does is it informs the role in a uh, hateful eight. Yeah, for like, sure, dude. He was like the, you know, well, I, I would argue that's more like a callback to John Wayne, but I do agree with you to a degree. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And it definitely translates for uh, Kurt Russell going into, um, actually, I could be totally wrong on this. Um, the um, Escape from I LA think New Escape York. came before. Did uh, Escape come before? Um, I got it right here. Yeah. Yeah. What right do you here. got? What do you got? Because I was actually going to say that, Andrew, if you hadn't seen the thing, you must not either know about or have seen uh, Escape from New York or Escape from LA. No. Yeah. Oh, I'm, man. Those uh, are fun. Another shout out to Todd Belts. Uh, dude, my dad introduced me to all those weird 80s movies like very early on. And like Escape from New York was badass. Badass. Well, it'd be interesting to get someone's perspective on like. Oh, it was like, the same year. They were released the same year hell yeah dude no a uh, year after i'm sorry 81 so, was uh, escape from new york and then the thing came right after so john carpenter and uh kurt russell kind of had like a paul thomas daniel thing going on i don't oh, no know kidding. If, i don't know if that's like really like the comparison i want to make there but you, you get what i mean yeah i do <laughs> like you know you you've got your actors that you want to work with and kurt russell dude honestly during his 80s stint he was really on fire and then well, like if, you know right, late 80s came so and he was doing all those comedies back to it. my comment i guess it was uh, you see the translation from Snake Plissken to mm. um, uh, McGreedy. McGreedy. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you definitely see that. I really loved, uh, I really fucking, actually, I, I love McGreedy. I thought that character was so good. Yeah, it was awesome. He's badass. He's Espe so badass. Especially when he comes back and he know like when they really do administer the tests, mm. and that's when he's like, nobody, nobody, nobody is telling, like, I am the big kahuna right now. When I he, am the one doing this. When he takes the gun from, uh, from the sheriff, what's his name again? Uh, I think it was. Oh shit! It's obviously escaping me right now. When he uh, takes the gun from the sheriff and he goes, "We need somebody with a level head." I was like, "Yeah, do it, Kurt Russell." Oh, fucking Gary, it. Gary, Gary. That was it. It was Gary. Um, yeah, dude. And also, can we just quickly talk about uh, McGreary's style? Oh yeah. Look just, at those glasses. Look at that hat. That fucking jacket. He's a pilot. He still wears that. Yeah, but did you see the pilot. hat? Remember when oh, they're scaling yeah, yeah, down? Yeah, like, yeah, I was like, yeah, "What are you yeah, wearing? Yeah. You rocking?" But like, "What are you wearing?" <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it was really funny when they first went out uh, into the tundra, mm. and he's wearing that hat and no face 
No. Shield at all. He's like, I'm good. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm hardened. I got this. I'm and, hard. Oh, I'm also. Forward. Yeah, we got this. Uh, also, how badass is it? Like, you want to talk about a good way to introduce a character? How fucking cool is it to see that Kurt Russell's character, McGreedy, he he starts off, he's drinking Jim Beam, uh, J&B. It, it's J&B Scotch. He, he's yeah. drink, he's drinking J&B. ball J&B Scotch. He's drinking J&B, and he's fucking playing chess. And then, like, as a character move, he's like, fuck this, I lost. And you're and cheating. He, and he yeah. dumps the glass. Dumps it right in there right Shining in the machine that probably hole. cost a lot of money to get that machine to that arctic tundra and you just fucking did that because you lost at chess yeah maybe i mean well i don't know was that written relate. in or like was it written in or was that like one of those uh kurt, oh i have no kurt russell fucking up uh production if that was kurt russell kudos to you kurt kudos <laughs> to you um all right so back i'm gonna moderate this again andrew so you said the visuals you said that you know some of the some of the scare tactics well i don't even know if you call them scare tactics kind of yeah, yeah. Th- that's what did it for you. Yeah, and then obviously Kurt Russell. Like I thought, Kurt Russell was just a fucking badass for sure. Oh, and Keith David. Keith David was awesome. Keith David. Keith David was fucking see him awesome. in his element when he was a little younger. I was I like, know. And then uh, wait, Keith David. The, they end up at the end, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was so good. He was awesome. Childs was great. Childs was awesome. You know what's really cool about actually, you know what? Before I go into it, uh, what's 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 your take on it? What are your takeaways from the thing? So my, I I would say the two things that I would really harp on that like really hooks me into this movie. Uh, again, the same thing that I really love about Alien is the isolation. I really yeah. I really appreciated the fact that this was set in the Arctic. It was in one location, and it's like they're isolated. Like yep. they only have themselves to help each other. And then that brings me to my second point. Like I know that you guys have already harped on the visuals, so I'll harp on something else. The other thing that I really like about this movie is the sense of betrayal. Like these guys are put in a situation where they like they are all friends or all coworkers, but then once this thing enters into their lives, it's like, "Nah, man, I'm going to fucking turn on you because like it's self it's self-preservation. We're alone out in the Arctic. I'm going to do what it takes to fucking survive." Dude, it's a high stakes who done it. Exactly. It turns and- into a high stakes who done it after uh, you know, the first 45 minutes into the movie. And it's so good. It's awesome. It's a great setup. I think Fuck I yeah. think that the writing was so good. I mean, it's simple. Don't get me wrong. It's not it's like we're getting there. It's not like we're getting a uh, Tarantino background on these no. characters. It's we have to meet them with who they are at that moment. And it's really fucking cool to see them go. The acting comp- uh, like on a whole is not the most wonderful. But you the two have, people that you need to act are pretty fucking yeah, good. Yeah, they definitely deliver. And um, Wilford Brimley. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's cool about this is that um, it does a great job like not letting you know who's obviously infected. Like you've got Kurt Russell with the hero armor and... You know, and even everybody betrays him. And you For don't sure. Know, like you could, it sets it up where it's like, oh, he could be... He could be the one. Like, well, it also be. it also sets it up that he could be like fucking crazy too. Right. Like when he he's got the dynamite, mad. when they're all trying to gang up on him, you know, it's like, oh, you're absolutely right. It's like, oh, this is kind of subverting the plot because, like you said, there is hero armor, right? But is there right? But who is the hero? Because yeah. at any point, it could have turned into like Keith David being the hero of this movie. Like it could have turned in. Like it started off with you know he would have been a solid second Kurt choice. Russell's. But if you went a different way with it, it could have been Kurt Russell goes absolutely fucking insane, mm-hmm. like just like the doctor did. For sure. And then, you know, Child is the one that comes through and, you know, saves saves the day, if you want to call it saves the day. Mm. But he could have been the last hero. I, I mean, did have an issue with some part. of the timing of like 
how the monsters portrayed themselves like to the to the real world. Oh, dude, I'm so happy you just said that because in relation to the doctor, huge plot hole. When did the doctor right? When did the doctor become the thing? When did he interact? And the only thing that I can harp on, the only thing that I can think of, is when he was interacting with the initial blood. That's the only he, time. So if that's the case, why did it take so long for it to re- reveal itself through him? You know, whereas like certain other people, ha- it happened within a couple of hours, you know? The only, th- well, the only, okay, now that we're talking this through, maybe there is actual logic behind it. The only thing I could think of is because you think about the spaceship that's underneath the shed that he's in, he sure. was just buying his time. Sure. He was buying sure. his time so he could make that ship and get the fuck out. Right. That's the only really solid argument I feel like I could make. But what about the others? Well, he was also digging his fucking hands into all the other, like, dead corpses of the thing. True. He was digging his hands straight up in. He was like, oh, these look like normal organs. But I thought the only way that you could get it was by having it wrap itself around you. Well, then again, when we talk about the Petri dish with the blood, and McGreedy even says it, he's like, hey, man, this it, it, it's all a piece. So, like, if the doctor had one piece of blood on it, it would probably fight for survival. It would fight for It'll some find way something into to get into the him. body. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. And if he, his hands are straight up in the fucking thing. Which they were. They were. And he was holding all the organs. Like, these seem like normal human organs. Like this Everything's seems... intact. Right, <laughs> right, right. there. Right. This movie should have been called The Fucking Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the that's one of the director's regrets. Are you laughing at my laugh? You laughing at my laugh? No, buddy? you laughing at my laugh? You laughing no, at my he, laugh, pal? <laughs> no, he's doing Tom Green. <laughs> I know, I'll fuck with you. We gotta we gotta watch uh, Freddy Got Fingered. Yeah, we will. We'll get to it. We're at the thing though. All right. So, do you want to do you want to keep with the thing? Initial impressions, or do we go to do we jump um, over to American Werewolf, did, or do we consider what, what do you want? I did want to say something about the thing that I thought was kind of funny, and American Werewolf also shares this. But uh, the thing there is such a nonchalantless, uh, a nonchalant attitude to them finding first of all a fucking alien aircraft. They first find an alien aircraft and like, oh fuck. I guess I guess we found this. Mm. Cool. It's aliens. We'll go back. Yeah. There are aliens out there now. Uh, yeah, well, there's some shit going on. And and it's only Keith David as child saying, You don't believe this voodoo bullshit, do you? <laughs> and like, he says it like multiple times. He too. says it twice. He says it twice <laughs> in less than a minute. In less in two <laughs> setups, he says it twice. Voodoo bullshit. Great writing, John Carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta and, think uh, too, how did the dog get out? Uh, no, it's, it's actually, in the that's 2011 in the 2011. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. Oh, yeah. So yeah. in lineage, me and, uh, me and Dan did this. Shout out to Dan Pomfret. Fucking hey, Toad the Stooligans, incredible rapper. But he, me and him watched both, uh, this was years ago. We watched both the 2011 The Thing and then the 1982 The Thing. And I didn't realize until we watched them back to back that it was a direct follow. Yeah, dude. And it, it was is even directly cool after. Because if you if you watch the 2011 one, this is something I picked up on in this in this viewing of the the 82 one. They have you know the photograph that they find at the site. Yeah, that is taken in the 2011 one. Right, it's right. Badass. It's a fucking badass. It's awesome the way that they did that. I was so happy when we when we did them back to back. I was like, oh shit, we gotta do this like every other year. Hell yeah, hell yeah. 
Oh, man, you know, something else that I really enjoyed about this. Uh, I really enjoyed the fact that we never actually like we we are just left to the imagination of what the thing actually is. Right. We don't even know what its motives are other than to just survive. Just like to alien. survive. Like alien. Like, like oh, alien. man. Yeah. Well, all right. Now I have to ask, which came first, uh, the thing or alien? I, I know that they are alien. I want to say alien was 1979. It was 79. I want to say that, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Check that out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jamie, will you look that up? Jamie, oh, man, Jamie, COVID. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> uh, he's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that, I don't know. Uh, that's probably 1979. why. 79. Yeah, yeah, 1979. Yeah, man. was alien. That's probably, I don't know. Like maybe, uh, I don't know. I From everything I've read, from everything I've seen, nothing is referenced in regard to Alien and John Carpenter. So like, I don't think that there was any motiva- you know, influence there. But like, you can't help but compare them to a certain degree. Yeah, causation, co- uh, correlation. I think there's just a correlation that these are two directors with two sci-fi styles. Sci-fi styles that relate to, you know, viruses in, in yeah. essence. Yeah, That's what sure. it is. Just for need sure. to multiply. No motive beyond that. <laughs> All right. We got anything else for uh, for the thing for, for you, belts? Initial, you initial imp- oh, I do have one more thing that we haven't touched on, and I think this is so fucking important, and when I say it, Ace, you're going to agree. Okay. Let's me. talk about a Neo Morricone's score on this. Are oh, you fucking man. kidding? So, so good. But this was nominated for a Razzie for the worst score in soundtrack. Well, I Which also I think get. that history will reveal what is actually good. And I would argue <laughs> that this score works. I was watching it w- with Corinne and she's like, yeah, this was nominated for a Razzie. I was like, really? Because this isn't so bad. I think it still works. And I think that the score is even, I think the score is right on par with what it should be. Like, it's so, like, it's just atmospheric. It's of a time. Yeah. Like, it's so 80s, but like, it's not it's 80s. So it's, it's not 80s in a way that Nightmare on Elm Street was. Like, Nightmare on Elm Street's soundtrack, Fair you're enough. like, whoa, this is dated. It's like Fair cartoon enough. almost. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Yeah. But then you, you listen to this, and obviously, if you've got a, if you've got a composer like Ennio Morricone, it's like, oh, it, it, no matter if it's cheesy a little bit, it's stylized yeah it's, it's stylized it's, it's meant tastefully. for the fucking picture it's yes. it's meant for the picture another thing i want to bring up oh my god now that now that you've got you got me going guys no, another we, we thing riled them up. You, riled me up you riled me up now i'm thinking of all these things that i learned uh another thing that i love and ace i know you'll appreciate this uh the way that they did the title credits Oh, that was so how badass! Cool. That was practical. What they did is they put the. Uh, I, all right, I'm actually going to butcher the way this is, but I knew I know two elements. There was actual flames, there was light, and it was in a fish tank. So essentially, they somehow put uh, the thing, the letters, and yeah. then they lit it. So there was backlight coming through some kind of a black cloth, and they lit the letters on fire, and that's how they got that effect. Oh, I wonder if it was like snakes and sparklers kind of thing, like they just grounded up a couple of snakes, like, you know, the, the fireworks thing? I don't. <laughs> I, don't think that, I don't think they actually did that, but it would be kind of funny. I don't, but I, I just like in to Joe throw... Dirt? Yeah. Like snakes in Joe... and sparklers? No, snakes and sparklers is South Park. Is that what it is? Joe Dirt's when he goes on the list of absurd fireworks that you just don't have them chicken kicking wing. Not chicken wing, but kicking wing. Kicking wing. You guys are talking a foreign language right now. I don't know what you're talking about. You gotta watch Joe Dirt, pal. You've never seen Joe Dirt? No, I saw half of it and I hated it. I hate David Spade. I'll say it right now. I'll stand by it. I don't think he's funny. I think he's weird. I think he's creepy. We're gonna fight on that. We'll fight. I'll you We don't listen, have to do it now. No, dude, at the end of this no, isn't the ring. no, this isn't the right time, but let me just I'll I'll put a I'll put an exclamation point. Yeah, it's right. just a gut feeling. Like I've got nothing to back it up because all of his movies are hilarious. I just Yeah, don't like most like of your it. sweeping declarations. You got nothing to back it up with. <laughs> I just, it's a gut feeling. I just, I think he's a creepy guy. <laughs> yeah, fine. 
Dude, then that's all we have to say. I'm going to put an exclamation on it. You're you're wrong. (laughs) Go ahead. Put an exclamation. All right. Let's move on to American Werewolf in London. Let's. uh, Initial. Like, okay. You guys are on the uh, different side of the fence than me. So what uh, I'll go ahead and say, what don't you like about it? What are a couple of things that really stand out that like really, you know, you harp on that doesn't work? I actually would prefer if you went first. Because you like things it. that things that I like about yeah. it, yeah, for sure. I okay, so I really think that uh, the the uh, the special effects really got me. I mean, the way that uh, oh shit, of course I'm blanking on his name. Is it Frank something? Uh, who who's the special effects designer in this? Uh, stand by, I have it right open here. Yeah, um, oh, it's Frank something. Help me out. Help me out. Jesus, man, stand by. Uh, anyway, keep rambling on. So anyway, I really enjoyed the way that the special effects were done. I thought it was really cool. I, I thought it was unique how, like, for example, the first transformation, uh, it was all shot in, you know, a well-lit room, which kind of subverts any horror trope. Usually whenever stuff like that happens, you've got like a film noir or like a very dramatic lighting. But this happened to, you know, uh, some kind of, I, I thought it was like Sam Cooke music and it was in a brightly, <laughs> uh, a brightly lit room. And you see this actual transfer. I just thought it was a really uh, well done special effects. It was and still is revered as one of the most incredible practical practical effects executions bad history it was amazing and i think what's so cool about these practical effects versus the thing and the thing is still up there still badass it's 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 revered in the same way but what amazes me the most is that the thing had lighting tricks like Mm. there were there was some lighting things that the thing could get away with whereas when you saw the first transformation in american werewolf it was in a fully lit apartment yes fully lit it, everything you saw, you saw fully lit. There were and it no wasn't light CGI. Tricks. There's no, no CGI. There's this not is actually one ounce an of artist. CGI. There this is, is an artist doing his thing. Over, yeah, there's prosthetics over hydraulics over. No hydraulics, dude. It was all uh, they. I thought it was it, hydro. I thought it was a hydraulic system that like that made the hand fucking. Maybe I'm mistaken, up. but it was all uh, from what I saw. I watched a couple of behind the scenes things. From what I saw, it was all plasters. It was all it was all cast. Uh, it was all uh, what what do you call those plaster castings? Yeah, uh, models of his arm, and essentially what they did. From what I uh, did, you find out the guy's name. Rick Baker. Rick Baker. So essentially, what Rick Baker did. Good job. You're probably he, better at this than I am. So like he took he took uh, he took syringes and essentially they filled them and they they would pump shit into his hand. The and fake. That's what would stretch and it. And that's what would stretch it. And they did the same thing to his arm and his face. And it was a type of elasticity that would only last for so long. And they were able to kind of like pump in these syringes and it would grow his face. And no then, shit. Yeah. And then the way that they would do the hair. So essentially, they started out. It was full blown. Like they, if you imagine a production day a 12 hour day they started their day and he was fully haired so they had a fully made up werewolf and what he did is he would slowly they would shoot in reverse so they'd film like full transformation all the way until the beginning yeah because it was easier to take away hair than it was to put on hair so that's how they filmed that scene Um, oh that's amazing I'm so happy you know that yeah dude it's such good like I don't know like that's why I really that's the first thing that I really harp on with this movie is obviously the special effects like that you're you're watching yeah. an artist at his fullest capability. 
and it's so badass. Um, the second thing that I really like about this film, and I know you guys disagree with me, I really think that the script was great. Uh, and on top of this, a little fun fact, the director, Landis, he wrote this when he was 20 years old. He went on to direct like two or three more movies before he ever got to produce this and direct it. But like a 20-year-old wrote this movie. It feels like sure. a 20-year-old wrote this movie, but like I would argue to a good degree because like it's a buddy comedy, but it's also a horror movie. The only th- weakness that I would say is there is like the love relationship between him and the nurse. It's like, okay, like this dude, what 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 kind of a nymphomaniac are you that you're just going to hit on this one dude from America who's like no lying helpless in a, you know, hospital and then has like a sexual appetite like after 2 days of knowing like I, whatever. Like I liked the script I liked the story. And then on top of that, my third point, I just thought that like the shooting in the porno theater, what a genius move, dude. That was fucking. All right. That was fucking hilarious. And is this a comedy? I would argue it is a horror, but it's a well-executed horror comedy. Is it like a, is it like a appeal comedy? No, dude. Or like appeal horror. Like the way that he goes like with get out and us. Okay, like, if like, you want to put it in that vein, I would agree. Like, I think that was like a early execution of that kind of style. It was like the original. Like, point point to something else that blends horror and comedy that well, that like treads that line. I, I agree. I don't think that there are many things that could do that. And I think that's what's the most startling about this movie, about how you're thrown off and you're like taken so off guard because it's so ridiculous. When you first are introduced to the guys, like, oh, these fucking... They're funny. They're like, bros. They're, they're just a bunch of fucking douchebags. And then when you first see the attack, when um, Jack gets murdered, yeah. you're like, oh shit. You're like, what like, the that's fuck a, just that was, a, that was a real attack. That like, was this, a real scare. Like, this is not this is not for play anymore. It subverts expectations. It subverts the horror expectations. And it does that so many times in this movie where you're reminded that there is a very serious, there's something serious at stake. Like the, okay. For example, like adding on to what you just said, the whole first rampage that we see him go on in London Mm. after the first transformation, he kills like a shit ton of people, the homeless people, the guy in the subway. Right. And then like how fucking genius is it that he wakes up naked in a wolf wolf pen and then he has to, you know, go through the park naked. He takes the balloon from yeah. the little kid. Uh, mommy, a uh, little, uh, a naked guy just stole my balloon. I think that's genius. That's, that's so see, great. And that's what made me thought it was like English humor. Like that's sure. the shit that made me think like, all right, some like, is there like a Monty Python reject that fucking made this movie? <laughs> no, dude. Animal House. Yeah, Andrew, know, you're uh, silent here. Come on, chime in, chime in. I really don't think it does a good job. I don't think it knows what it wants to be. I don't think it does oh, a good job funny. bonding horror and comedy. I don't think, because I don't think there's any horror to it. You don't think there's horror. So that was actually going to be my question. Do you think there's comedy? I guess. like Definitely comedy. I think there's I don't comedy think it's across funny. the board. Like, yeah. I don't think it's funny. Okay. I, it's just, it struggled. It was a struggle for me. It was a I, struggle. Didn't, I didn't think it was good. Okay. All right. Well, at least, all right. Maybe meet, meet us halfway. What do you think about the special effects? The special effects for the 80s are great. You know for the I, 80s? No, for no, no. Let me. Let, so here, or right now. That, for right now. That transforming scene when he first becomes the wolf mm. is sick. Like, that's one of the coolest transformation scenes that I've ever seen. And what do you think of the Isn't wolf? It? Like, when it's fully transformed, it doesn't get you the way they filmed it? Like, it, like take, for example, the The last scene. scene I like the last scene a lot. Yes, I like the last scene a lot. And like when she approaches him and stuff like that. And I love the way that it just ends, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's really good. Um, but no, like I don't. I I think the scenes where it's just like it's like overhead shots, and you don't actually see what's going on. You just kind of have to rely on the on the sound effects of like 
Oh, see, I think that's good filmmaking, right? Yeah, I do too. I I think that's really good good. filmmaking. That, like, I'm gonna go back and harp on that subway scene with that one guy who's got the briefcase, dude. It's so badass. Like, you know, this it's it's just ominous. It's a feeling. Uh, It's a feeling that you get. Like, you know, you never see the creature, but you know it's not far behind, and you're kind of like with this one guy in his briefcase, just getting off the subway. And (laughs) I don't know. I thought it was well shot. And then that that two seconds that you do see the wolf from the escalator. It's like whoa. Whoa, dude whoa didn't do it for you it just didn't do it for me and i think jack's g- ghoulish ghost character i thought sucked really yeah i thought it i thought that that character i thought they should have left him as like his human like why was he decaying because that's what you do when you're like when when you've been cheated of death or at least that's what i saw in the logic of the movie it's like when you're cheated of an, a natural death when you're cheated of natural death and a werewolf fucking kills you you're caught in limbo and you just keep decaying and life like that's like i i suppose it's extrapolating a little bit but i kind of saw the logic of the film being like now we're stuck here this is our purgatory and we're just going to keep decaying and never get to go to heaven or hell so you decay eventually into what uh i don't know probably useless nothing probably that's what i mean like where were they going with that that's well, you, I think usually, they were just, they usually were just in waiting. movies like that where where someone's soul is stuck there, they are usually portrayed just in the same image that they've always been. Yeah, I just think that that was like a like a story device of David's decay into madness, or until he like he His has mental no control. Decay. Yeah, until he has no more control, which he he eventually does, and, and he's put down. Like that. That's how I would say. Like that's a reflection more of David than it is of you know. Uh, uh, of literal uh what what to do with jacks i really body. wanted to like nurse alex um but i don't think her character <laughs> makes any sense no well, that's what, what i was so saying earlier ever. like, i don't like, think who her, the fuck is this nymphomaniac yeah. i still like nurse alex but yeah but I she's likable but yeah. it's like I like her just fine, but she's fucking foolish. She has no clue who this guy is. Yeah, I'll admit that her character's pretty weak. I mean, like, Landis did a very poor job of giving her any, like, solid, grounded motivation. And then he's like, I love you. Like, what? Ah, that, you, see, you guys have known each other for like three weeks. Like, right. That's wait, what gets he me. says that? No, she he, says that. He no. says, he I says love it. you first. He says he it to says her before it. she ever says it. Because she's losing her fucking mind, and all of a sudden she's taking in this weird American patient, patient, mind you, right. who has been spouting absolute fucking <laughs> lunacy, <laughs> lunacy in the hospital bed. Like, there's no... There's a sign title for a movie of, there. There's no sign of him being okay to be released. No. In that whole hospital, there is any time, any all the time that he spent in the hospital, there's no sign of him being like, yeah, he's totally good for the streets. Well, and then it's one yeah, thing, let him out. It's one thing for her to be like, yeah, you can stay with me like while you're figuring out what you want to do. But like as soon as they get back to her place, they're in the shower together. Let's smoke. Like, right, right, I'm like, right, right. I'm like, right. I'm like, good for you. Like, smoke it if you got it. But like, <laughs> I'm like what, what led to this? Like, you guys went to the grocery store. And now you're like, now you're cool showering each other, fucking like, like rabbits. Well, it makes it makes her kind of look like a fucking lunatic because you know maybe she, that's why. Oh well, I would argue it works. Maybe that's why it works. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know why it works. I mean, I think she she looks just fine. I think that her acting was not so fine. I love all the characters in the bar. In the yeah, first scene, awesome. and then even when the doctor goes back to see them, I thought that they, I thought the main guy there, um, the guy who's playing chess, yeah, I thought he was really good. Like I, he, I thought he was very convincing. I thought that the way that they were so like subtle and like secretive about what was going on, like they right. never acknowledged the world. Right, wolf. to I keep to that yourself. Thing. Yeah, why did and you get I that love, pentagram on the wall? 
I love the joke. I really do the love the long joke. The, like, I love that build. That like that's such a bar like old English like storyteller joke. In the in the woman behind the bar, the no nonsense. Yeah, like. dude, if, uh, have you guys been to Ireland? No, I have or not. England. I've been, been and, yeah. I've been to Amsterdam, but not anywhere else in Europe. Dude, when I was in Ireland, I know that this is set in England, but when I was in Ireland, man, you walk into a small time pub, that is the feeling. They look at you and they're like, like what you, are you don't doing? fucking belong here. Right. Watch it. Stay on the road. Watch out for the moon. <laughs> and she's like, if you want something hot, you can have tea. He's like, oh, you have tea? She goes, no. No. <laughs> she's like, but if you want some, I'll make some. So, I, dude, I really liked the atmosphere that they created in the beginning. I thought that it was really good. It was, it was definitely folklore. Folklore as well. It's like. Yeah, the first like 25 minutes or so, I was like, oh, yeah. And then, like, I think it really it was like once David woke up in the hospital, that's when I was kind of. That's like, when he got like, turned nah. on. I was like, <sighs> But again, that goes back to what I was saying about the thing, about how just the nonchalant attitude that these people have to this situation where it's like, okay, well, we might have a werewolf and, you know, the country folk know about this werewolf, but Mm. we won't talk much about it because they might be crazy, but we've also seen some crazy shit, so we really don't know what to believe. I would argue that's why both of these movies work. I know you guys disagree about American Werewolf, but, like, I feel like a lot of modern horror movies, they make such a point of like, ooh, this is the atmosphere, you know? Does that sure. make sense? Sure. Yeah, I do. I but get it, you. I it's get supposed you. to be a comedy. What? Yeah. American Werewolf? No, yeah. This, no, I, I think it's supposed to be... I don't know if it was supposed to be a comedy. It's I think billed that, as a comedy before it's billed as a horror. Well, because, to who? Because, because... IMDb. Fuck because, IMDb. Not because really. that's Sponsor how us. people have... Re, uh, <laughs> how, re, how people have received it. People have received it as a comedy. It was one of these things where I'm sure the director was going for a horror movie. Well, then he failed miserably at that, too. No, yeah, but he see, leaned into the fact that it was hilarious. And that's why I think it works, because like it's so unique in the genre. Like I would argue this is a horror movie, but damn it if it's not funny. It's fucking hilarious. Because the scares work. What the genre is do. it unique in? I'm sorry? What genre is it unique in? Horror. I would argue it's unique in horror. Because it's not scary? No, I think it is scary, and that's why it's effective, is because it's so funny. Well, I think it's because it just puts you in a situation where you're not prepared to be scared anymore. Like, it gets you into like a place where... Like, he keeps subverting that right, idea. You're getting to a place where, like, this is so, like, uneasy. Like, this is so non-believable and silly and foolish and English. And then all of a sudden, like, bam, werewolf's there. And all of a sudden, people are getting torn apart. And like, Queen Elizabeth Jesus is Christ. a man! Prince Charles is a faggot! Winston <laughs> Churchill was full of shit! Shakespeare's <laughs> French! Arrest me! How fucking hilarious was that? Come on, well, man. And then I thought it was absurd that he wasn't arrested. I was like, you know. Well, you're not going to. That's, I mean, well, I don't because, know. you know, he, he's making it obvious like he wants to be arrested and he's not really doing anything wrong. He's like, no, this man needs to be in the hospital, not in a jail. And he was like, no, fuck off. Man. He should have like, like punched the police officer. Well, yeah, but he didn't think of it. <laughs> that would have put him in jail. That's because he's point. a werewolf. He's yeah. going through a lot. <laughs> I don't know, guys. <laughs> I don't know about all your defenses for this movie. Here. Uh, well, well, fuck, man. It's not like it's like the greatest thing, but I enjoyed it and I could definitely see his flaw. Wasn't it? Old speckled hen. I feel like I want to be in an Irish pub right now. Dude, I know I keep saying hen. Irish, but no, <laughs> a pub hen. in general. I was trying to look for it. It's like, what is an English pale ale? Like a, like a nice something from England. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Speckled hen. Ooh, I haven't had this damn, in forever. Son. First sip. This is really good. And Dude, like speckled hen. And like shit. David tried to like kill himself and couldn't like. David tried to kill himself. Tried to slit his wrists. Remind me of when that happened. Piccadilly Square. Like after he tries to. Uh, after he tries to freaking, what's it called? 
Yeah, remind after, me. After he tries to get arrested and he can't get arrested, then he's like, I'm going to call my parents and tell them that I love them. And he couldn't do that either. Yeah, because he's a coward. That's what I mean. I'm like, like this guy sucks. Like, yeah, he does suck. They all suck. Like everybody well, in this movie sucks. I think there's a reason that guy never got a movie role after that. What, what, what else has he done? Even before no that, idea. he had a Dr. Pepper commercial, and that's like how John Landis found him. Like, <laughs> yo, did I saw really? you in that Dr. Pepper commercial. I feel like you really should take the lead on this one, David Naughton. I really feel like you were going to be the one who takes American Werewolf to you know the place it needs to go. Who? David Naughton, he saw the Dr. Pepper commercial, or the director that saw the... You know, Dr. it's funny Pepper. you say that. Uh, I, I know you were just joking, but like at the same time, you know, I, I really think that Griffin Dunn carries this movie. You think Griffin Dunn carries it? I know that sounds absurd, but like... Yeah, I don't think anybody carries this movie, other than the idea that Other than Rick Baker. Well, just the... Yeah, Rick Baker Rick and Baker the fact that Rick Baker fucking you, carries this you movie. You just can't look away after, after you've begun it. How it's about like, that flap on... Uh, <laughs> Jack's neck, dude. I couldn't take my mm, eyes off. That of was that. awesome. It was so good. Well, fun fact there. Did you? Uh, so I, in in the behind the scenes that I was watching, apparently when they were doing the makeup tests, uh, Griffin Dunn got so distraught. Like he he started. He was he you know he was watching them apply it, and he was okay. And then the way Rick Baker tells it, as it got more fully realized. Apparently Griffin Dunn started like slouching down in the chair and became like very morose. And then Rick Baker, you know, he asked me, he's like, what's, what's going on Griffin? And Griffin was like, I don't know, man. Like this is like terrifyingly real. Look at me. <laughs> like, like, look at me. So like, apparently Rick Baker had to call Landis and he was like, Hey man, uh, <laughs> Griffin's got a problem here. And like, you know, <laughs> he, uh, I don't know. I just thought it was a fun piece of trivia. Like he, he was so disturbed by how good the makeup was. Yeah. Cause it was awesome. It was so like, good. Even as he's decaying, I'm like, Oh shit. That's like some, some exorcist shit. That's like, some that gross look, ass. Like if you, shit. if you took that <laughs> entire makeup setting and put it in something horrifying like with the right director and the right story and the right situation oh you mean that american werewolf horrifying. in london no i mean in like the <laughs> fucking exorcist or something like that i think that that would that would be more terrifying i believe that they looked amazing but just his again nonchalant attitude to david you have to kill yourself that's the only way it was literally a, it was a perfect sharp square is how I can describe the acting in this movie is a perfect sharp square. But here's the thing. That's why I argue it works because in a situation like Jack is in, he's the undead and he's decaying. I think it's a Yeah, but this isn't a Tim, Bin uh, Tim Burton movie. A this Tim Burton Bin movie? <laughs> yeah, but does Tim it work just because you like it? No, I would argue it I works because it, it's but it subverts the expectation. It so if it okay, if you're a ghost and you're decaying and the only thing that's going to save you and send you to the afterlife is your friend killing himself and breaking the cycle of this whole werewolf shenanigans, I would argue that it's a beautiful irony that he's so you know, square, joyish, joy and like David, you know, like David. I, I think it's great that he's so like optimistic and upbeat. It's because, you know, it's 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 his tone being ironic to the visuals. I, I think suppose, it works. I suppose it doesn't read that way. If that was the director's intention and that's where he was going, it didn't read that way. It just read like it was you know how in music, when you hear songs and you can really feel like you've been taken somewhere because you don't notice that the parts are changing? 
Sure. Like you don't notice when the verse goes into the chorus and when you go into the bridge and when you go into like a completely different part because it's just crafted so well that you're just taken on a three and a half, four or five minute journey. Sure. I think that this was just part, 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 part where it's like the transitions into the next scene were just so stark and it had no real flow to it other than the fact that things were just kind of happening. Ooh, interesting. I definitely disagree. Yeah, it's just kind of like a collection of scenes. Yeah, that's 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 how I uh, that's how I look at American Werewolf in London is a collection of scenes with some incredible visuals and some, you know, that, that's pretty much it. Just incredible visuals that take you out of this almost comedic uh, script. See, if I, I'm going to harp on your music reference there, uh, your music metaphor, I would I would liken this to a typo negative song. And here's how I would yeah, do you it. fucking would. No, seriously, because when you listen to typo negative, typo negative is playing very, very dark music, but their lyrics are super ironic. So like if you're listening to their music, yeah. you need to ask yourself, OK, like, are they actually this depressed <laughs> sure and my my answer is no like they're super fucking comedic so like this movie i would argue is relatively dark it's relatively uh it's relatively heavy in like a certain way but like also it's super fucking comedic if you actually think about it for a hot second like the the perfect example is going back to the way that griffin dunn acts and the way he's portrayed sure he's visually disturbing right like deeply sure. disturbing but then if you listen to him you know it kind of betrays that i guess so guys wait a minute wait a minute what are we looking at what do you got 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 i just want to uh let you know that as of 10 23 2020 i am officially covid negative yeah <laughs> good for you buddy i'm getting tested three times a week for work oh i was like <laughs> i was like wait a minute was like, there, there like, were four days after that was dog? there like suspicion mean? that we were like, like no were no, we no, not, no have no, we no. been sitting at this table this whole time no i get i get tested three times a week now and i get an update every three days so, or like every two days so <laughs> celebration so, celebrate good times come on but uh something i did come wanna, on me <laughs> oh my god we should watch the rush hours we'll get onto the rush hours eventually <laughs> i am sure we will get into that uh, something I wanted to say about American Werewolf, though, is what did you guys think of the uh, porn theater scene? It's genius. I did like the porn theater I scene. Thought yeah, I thought that the was, was good. fucking hilarious. It, it, uh, also, like, originally. Like the, like the actual porn movie that they're also, watching where the guy comes in shirtless. He's like, you've done it again. You did that <laughs> thing. He's like, no, I didn't. No. Sorry. <laughs> that I totally was forgot about fucking, that. I will never forget that. That's one of the funniest things I have ever seen. <laughs> That's fucking that. great. I just think it was a great, like, you, you want to talk about, like, good directorial choice? I just think it's awesome to set anything in a porn theater. Like, the first thing that comes to mind is Travis Bickle. The second thing that comes to mind is Frank Costello in The Departed. I was going to say, I, th- I knew you were going to bring The Departed, you fuck. Dude, I yeah, it. well, come on. I mean, it's, ge- I, all right, I guess it's unfair because they're both directed by Scorsese, but they were, they were directed to to good appeal like like sure. the the purpose of setting in a porno theater really struck home and i think that the the purpose of setting this in a porno theater once again a comedic element to subvert the the darkness well i i think that it was uh it was an element of reverting back to animalistic natures mm, like good call dude. i think that's what it was and i think that the showing of the actual porn movie without like actually being a porn movie was hilarious was the comedic part the comedic <laughs> part was the guy busting in because what's happening oh, you've done this again to me because the actual subject matter of the scene is heavy right exactly and i think well, that right, he's seeing all the people he killed 
Yeah. Right, 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 right. And I think that there's a there's a bit of him being the animal and the consequence of being an animal. For sure. Is what is supposed to be delivered there and the actual porn movie is the comedy. Oh, I like that. That that's what I got out of that. And I still think that, that that even shines through for me as like the funniest fucking part of that movie is just when you're shown that scene. I would agree with that. That's, I would definitely agree with that. Dude, Andrew's I got this I smug ass I look not, on his I face. I could not stop laughing. Andrew, you got something? What's up? It could just be as simple as John Landis realizes that this movie is as cheesy as a porno. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> like, <laughs> let, me, uh, hey, let me hit you with some knowledge real quick. So in the behind the scenes uh, deep dive that I did, he wrote it so that it takes place in a uh, like a children's theater, like a cartoon setting. Like the movie that was supposed to be playing was supposed to be a cartoon. They got to Piccadilly Circus, saw the porno theater, and John Landis was like, "No, that's, that's where one. it's gonna. That's, that's where, where go. it's taking place." I All think right. that's well. Genius. They filmed this chronologically, didn't they? Uh, I actually don't know. I think that. they did. I think I saw that trivia, which would make sense because he came to the end of it and was like. This movie actually blows. It makes, <laughs> it makes sense. It makes way more sense blowing. that we film it in a porno in a pornographic theater than we do it <laughs> ruining the imaginations of children. <laughs> yeah, that could be right. All right, I oh, think, I I think we nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. I think we nailed Landis. <laughs> All right, well, what do you guys say? We got categories coming. I up? just want to give a shout out to John Landis, though. Do he you? has directed some of my favorite movies. Real like, quick, what, do you, you have got? a list? Let's, let's you hear it. To, you want me to pull up a list? Yeah, pull well, up a list. Got? What, what do we got? What you got for Johnny well, Landis? Mainly, I wanted to Johnny. say friggin' Coming to America. Hold on. Is John is John Landis Yo. still alive? I know that's so stupid to ask, but... Coming is to he? America yeah, he's is still one alive. of the funniest fucking movies. Is he, is he directing anything, like, recently? I wonder if he's directing Coming to America, too. That's coming... Oh, to please don't that's do it. Actually please don't do it. No, 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 don't do no, it. No, Ace, it's happening. Just coming to It's coming to Prime. It's coming to Prime in December. Like that it. Doug Stamhope skit. You know, just slide the pants down <laughs> and accept it. He's not directing it, No, I don't want to. He didn't direct that one. Um... Who, wait, wait, wait. Say that one more He's time. He's not directing the second, Not the, the new sequel. One. No. Okay. I don't want So what, what else has John Landis done? Uh, the last Blues movie Brothers, that obviously. he made um, was Blues Brothers. It was 2000 Blues Brothers. Oh, hell yeah. Um, that was 2000 great. 2000 Blues Brothers? Blues Brothers, Brothers 2000. 2000. Yeah, that was great. He did Beverly Hills Cop 3. Hold on. Um, can I? Can, I'm sorry to interrupt. Can we go back? What is Blues, Brother, Blues Brothers 2000? It's, it's the, the sequel, sequel to Blues, to Blues Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. Did it star Aykroyd and... No. Yeah. What? Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. When did this come out? 2000. Shut the fuck up. Wait, who... who Actually, was no, I think ago. it came out in 1998, now that I'm saying that. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't do a Blues Brothers, like, 2000 without Belushi. Did they really? I'm yeah. sorry, like... John, I, I Goodman, oh, John, Goodman. John Goodman was in That's it. That's right, yeah. it was John Goodman. And B.B. King. Dude, fuck. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I know I just derailed our whole conversation, but I really can't get over that. Like, how do you do Blues Brothers without Belushi? With John Goodman. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Do it no. with other people. All right. I'm going to have to watch that. By the way, I did watch Motherless Brooklyn. We'll be talking about did. that in a little bit. Yeah, we'll get into that. I know we will. Because I did too. As soon as you said it, I put it on like minutes after you said it. I was like, he made Fuck a ton it. of Michael Jackson's music videos. Uh, no shit. Landis, which ones? Oh, Black or White. Um, it, it, oh, he did. No, Thriller? The effects guy. The effects guy Rick that Baker. did. Uh, Rick Baker was the guy that did Thriller. He did really? the effects for Thriller, yeah. And, and, and John Landis directed it. Yeah. Oh, that makes so that much wild? sense. That's, That's crazy, so wild. Okay. He made Twilight Zone, the movie. He made um, Coming to America. He made Trading Places. He made The Blues Brothers, uh, Animal House. Dude, he's got oh, a yeah. hell he of a lineup huh? there. But wait, you're telling me the last movie he came out with was a sequel to what I would argue was his best film? 
the Blues Brothers. He actually says this is his favorite film. I don't American care what Werewolf he says. is his favorite film. Mm-hmm. He made um. Well, fine. He made something called Burke and Hare with Simon Pegg and Andy oh, Serkis. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll just ignore that that was ever said. No. Uh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that? John Landis, man. Maybe well, I mean, that was your. I really can't believe that he made a sequel to what was arguably a perfect movie. The Blues Brothers was a perfect movie. It's literally loved, perfect. Yeah, The Blues Brothers was amazing. Great, Fuck. great blend of music and comedic acting. Dude, the rawhide Incredible. scene. Rawhide scene was perfect. It's awesome. It was perfect. Orange whip. Orange whip. Orange whip. <laughs> orange whip. Three orange whips. <laughs> And on top of that, the music was just fucking amazing in that movie. Yeah, yeah, the music's fucking kick ass. Um, Categories? Categories, let's go. All right, let's do it. Uh, First one's up. Is it a movie or is it a film? Okay, so... Wait, so how do we do this? No, 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 we we do... Answer it for both. Answer for both? Yeah. All right, let's start with the thing. Andrew, movie I I think I think The Thing is a film and I think American Werewolf in London... I mean, I think The Thing, yeah, is a film and I think American Werewolf London's a movie. I agree with both. Yeah, I disagree. Uh, definitely both are films for me. I mean, Jesus, dude. I, I really do. I'm going to harp on it. I think American Werewolf in London is fucking amazing. So well, That's fine that you think that. The thing I just, actually is in IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. Of course it is. It's 160. Yeah, I bet American Werewolf's in there, too. It's not. It's not? But oh, you remember them all. I do. I like yeah, you remember them list. all, huh? I harp on that list. Yeah, Chucky, Mikey, Larry, something. <laughs> Mikey, Tommy, Timmy. <laughs> there it is. And Brad. And Brandon. Right. Mikey, Larry, Timmy, Tommy, yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Dude, I'm looking at an old version of our setup. You got to help me fill this in. So the next one I have is who stole the movie, right? Who stole the movie? Where's the our categories? Well, that's the thing. Like I used to have it in a notes. Uh, you know the notes yeah, app yeah, yeah, on yeah, yeah. Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, don't, thought, you don't got it no more. Oh no, yeah, dude, you deleted I, it. You I deleted it on accident by the last episode. And so, you got like, who stole the movie? I know. I'm I know. looking at an old email from like the original episode, so August 22nd. So like next category I have is who stole the movie. But I know that we added a few more in there. So we added like five. I think we've added a lot. And well, I think I we've think actually taken uh, out uh, a few. Uh, what would you do? That was a big one. But who did steal the movie? Who do you guys? Think stole the movie for the thing or American Werewolf? So I'll start American Werewolf. Obviously, I think it was Griffin Dunn as Jack. He was fucking uh, David. No, Jack. Jack. Uh, yeah. Jack, Griffin no. Dunn as Jack. He fucking stole the movie for he me. Did. He was fucking priceless. Uh, and that fucking uh, all. You know what? Can I say Rick Baker? Can I say he's not in the movie? But like, I you would can. argue Rick Baker stole you can. the movie. You can. I'll say it. I think you can say him before you say Griffin Dunn because because he's a technically top yeah he's technically top build. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I think that Rick Baker stole American Werewolf. If I'm going to the thing though, I think that Giles stole it. I think Giles stole it easily. I just like I don't know. Like I all right. Uh no. Uh, fuck. Okay. It's been guys. We're two weeks wait, since wait, wait. we've done this. Giles, we, as in like child. Giles. TK, TK Carter. Uh, no. no child, as in Keith David. Yeah, Keith, Keith, Keith David. David. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, okay. but then again, hold on. I I don't want to get into an argument, so I'm going to backtrack. It's been two weeks since we've done this. I think that the guy who ends up uh, when they're doing the the blood test, what's his name in the movie? Uh, uh, child Palmer. I think that Palmer, the pot smoking guy in the thing, he stole the movie for me. I thought he was great. Really, I yeah. thought he was the worst part of it. Really? Yeah, he was the worst acted. He was like. But the, then again, hold on, hold on. We're, we, I, I just want to remind yeah. each, I want to remind everybody of the parameters. 
the parameters that we're dealing with yeah, is like fine. it can't be like the main build. It doesn't have to be. All right. So again, I, I stick with Palmer pot smoker. You don't you don't agree with that though? No, why don't. why don't you like Palmer? Why? He was the worst acted, um unquotable and like the most likely to die, but you didn't see how he was gonna die. I thought that was You cool. didn't see it coming. I did not see him being the infected when he was. When he was like when they figured out that it was his blood that was infected and he yeah. starts shaking, I was like, Oh, dick that sucks like oh i didn't i didn't know it was going to be you Dude, and so. i think that's what the thing did really successful was it made it so um like it was a, a kansas city shuffle mm. where it made the entire audience look left when the movie was moving right for sure and i thought that was awesome Dude, rewatching it, honestly, I thought it was I thought it was Gary. I thought it was the the sheriff figure. Yeah, me too. I thought it was Gary. Uh it, it builds it up like it's supposed to be Clark. Mm-hmm. And uh and it wasn't. And I think that that's an amazing uh moment when Clark goes for Kurt Russell and Kurt Russell immediately like Shoot John Wayne. Head. John Wayne <laughs> John Wayne turns and fucking pops him in the fucking middle of the dome. He's like, You just killed an innocent man. Yes, He's like, well, he came out with a fucking scalpel. So what do you want me to yeah, do? Seriously, like, come on, man. What are you, what are, what are you gonna do? In that like, situation? it's not my fucking but you, fault. If you had the gun, what would you do? Right, like, I, I did it. I, I did it. I yeah, wish I shot him in the, the knee, but I shot him in the head. We're in the middle of the Arctic. <laughs> shot him in the knee. That's a great segue into who I think stole the thing, and I think it's Bennings, the guy who just everything bad happens to. <laughs> he, oh, gets he gets shot fucking, in the knee, yeah. and then he's like the first person to die too. He like, gets fucked up. I thought his character. I actually thought his character was funny. I thought it was comedic. How just everything bad that could happen happened to that guy. Happened yeah, to immediately did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I thought that like the scenes that he was like when he got shot, I was like that was awesome. Right at the beginning you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. Honestly, hold on, we didn't even talk about this. I th- what do you guys think about that scene where like I I thought that was really effective horror right there when like he's uh, you know in the middle of transforming and they light the you know they pour, pour the gas and he like turns to them and the <gasps> And his hands, dude. I thought yeah. it was yeah, I like that. It was awesome. Horror. I did I like that. It was a lot. fucking dope. So stole the movie. It was Bennings for me in the thing. In American Werewolf, it was the bartender. The bartender. Oh, oh she's oh, wonderful. Yeah, Older yeah, woman. The she's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I liked her. Hot tea. No. <laughs> oh, you have tea. Can I have no. No. <laughs> that was Ace. wonderful. What do you got? Who's who All stole right. the movie for so, both? So uh for the thing. Who stole the movie was the uh, the guy on the FX. Mm-hmm. Rick Baker. No. That's American Werewolf. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh. American Werewolf. Was Rick oh, Baker. yes. You're absolutely right. I, I looked this up earlier. Fuck. Who is it? Uh, uh, we'll get to it. Not John Carpenter. He was a director. No, dude. Uh, fuck. Uh, uh, Robert. Robert. Robert Pitton. Is it Robert Pitton? Uh, no, it's Rob Botton. Botton. Thank you. Rob Botton. Botten. Rob Botten, who was, I think, 21 or 22. No, you're thinking of American Werewolf. Uh, it was Rick Baker. He was 21 when he did American Werewolf. He was 22 when he won the Oscar. No kidding. Yes. Okay. How can you, dude, like, that's a career high. Like, 21 yeah, years that's old, that's dope. like being Bob Dylan in the fucking film industry. Yeah, no like, shit. Like, dude, I just dropped a goddamn Anvil masterpiece on no your shit. heads. That, that really did steal it for me for the thing. And, uh, you know, like, I love Kurt Russell. I think that... Um, David's is great. Uh, everybody else, I thought was, I mean, Wilford Brimley. You know, he 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 did his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's Blair. Blair, yeah. That's oh, Blair. okay. And I was like, okay, everything everything's fine here. Uh, but I, I I was having a hard time figuring out who acting style like stole the thing because not any one of them like maybe Windows, but 
Windows even, was all right. Even him was like, uh, not enough. He kind of, you know what? I think they mirrored, you know, that show, the that 70s show? Yeah, that yeah. was uh, that was Hyde. It was Hyde. It was 100% Hyde. They stole his look right from the 100% thing. 100% <laughs> Hyde. Um, but for American Werewolf in London, the guy that steals the movie for me is the random guy in the porno that says, you've cheated on me for the last time. I've never cheated on you. Oh, sorry. And then walks away. <laughs> so, that fucking guy. The shirtless guy that walks in in the porno. The um, movie within the movie. The movie within the movie is really what steals it for me as the funniest. And I, like, I'll always remember that as the part of American World from London that just makes me crack up every time. I love that shit. It's so And Kermit funny. and Miss Piggy. Kermit. <laughs> Wait, what? Kermit the Frog yeah. and Miss Piggy? Yeah, that's are, in there. They're build actors in this movie. Well, of course they are. Do you know how many? They, they yeah, Jim Henson has a big ass. pole, you know. It was Frank Oz. Frank Oz was like actually cast in this movie. Really? In American As Miss Piggy and As Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog. Wow, Probably like, paid out the ass for the rights to those two characters. All right, guys, probably. what would you have done differently if you were the director or whatever? Whatever role that you could think of, like what would you have done differently? Either director, producer, actor, writer, uh, grip, Dolly grip, I don't know, sound mixer. I'll take her. I'll take this one. Yeah, go ahead. I think I would have made the stakes higher in the thing. Higher? How higher. do you make them higher? I, I just the severity of it. I would have had the actors feel a little bit more serious about the situation, and I would have maybe I don't know, made like them, more panic. You mean a little yeah, bit more, more panic and a little bit more like besides themselves, where you could have maybe like painted the insanity a little bit uh, better. Yeah, because sure. real like, quickly everybody became like really cool with it. Everybody was that's like, what I mean. Like here's what a, we're gonna do. It was like what I was saying earlier. Yeah, Miles. Yeah, what I was saying earlier in this cast is a nonchalant attitude that goes with both of these movies and with the thing. I think that a little bit of panic and uh, real life. Uh, thrown into something that's not familiar. A, a little bit of that probably would have gone a long way. A little bit more of that would have gone a long way in this movie. Uh, for American Werewolf in London, it would have just been the acting. I would have just like made them and like at least try in the writing too. It's like, what? like, like some of these scenes just don't make any fucking sense. Like how do these things lead into each, each other? Like, why is this? Like, why do you need a sex scene in American werewolf in London? Why do you need it? Like, because especially the way that they set it up. It's I'll actually defend that real quick. It's because it's a horror movie in horror movies. You have sex scenes and in this, 80s horror movies. Especially. And this movie, I would argue, did a good job of subverting that expectation. It gave you the it gave you the sex scene, but it was so absurd that you had to be like, so you're admitting it's a horror. That's what I mean. It's like, I've been suggesting it's a horror through this whole uh, fucking cast. I don't know. Yeah, no, has, no, no, Miles. No, uh, you gotta get the guns and guys. But you know, no, no, I, 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 get your guns I, and your guys. I, no, I, no, you stay I, by the phone. I just don't think that it was it was done well enough to to get that across. Like I, like I said earlier, I think it's just a bunch of parts. Like it's just a bunch of scenes strung together without any um, cohesive blend into the next one. I would have maybe done a little work on the script and maybe made that a little bit more. Just so uh, I'm clear, better. you're talking about the the thing. No, I'm talking about American Werewolf. Now. Gotcha. Okay. I moved on. Sorry. I was lost. The thing I already told you what I would do different. Yes, yes, yes. All right. What you got? Uh, me? Yeah, you. For, uh, I don't know. Uh, American Werewolf, I'm not going to touch. I really do. I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy it the way it is. I That's fine. I mean, I enjoy it too, but... I would leave it alone. Like, I would leave it alone because, honestly, I, I don't want to touch the werewolf genre. However, however, I will talk about the thing. 
If I could do anything with the thing, I would change the writing and I wouldn't change it so that like the plot devices are, are, you know, I would want to elaborate a little bit more in a Tarantino way. Like I would want to hateful eight this shit. I would want to get the characters to have a little bit more background. Oh, that's cool. So that we care about them just a little bit more. That's the only thing I would change about the thing. If I were on that production team right from the get go, I would have been like, let's find out a little bit more about McGreedy and let's bring it out in the other characters. Let's find out a little bit more about Palmer. Let's find a little bit more about windows. Let's know these characters. Let's give them more dialogue. Let's give them a bigger situation than just, all right, we got some dudes in the Arctic. Here's the thing. Right, right. I, I feel that. I can agree. Other than that, I wouldn't touch it. I think that the visuals are fucking great for when it was made. Yeah, for I think sure. That I, the for cinematography sure. is awesome. I think the setting is great. John Carpenter, you got my love. Of course. Great. Andrew? Andrew, hit me. I loved everything you just said about the thing. I like completely agree with you on that. I would have liked to have known like what the hierarchy was sure. with all those guys. You know what I mean? It was kind of just like all of a sudden, Kurt Russell was like, no, no, I'm in. In charge, you know, which like <laughs> I guess that's just Kurt Russell, but at the same time, it's like, well, I don't know, like, is but his ra- is his rank like, like as a pilot? Yeah, are like you a, are you uh, authorized right, to do like, this? Like, is your rank higher than the doctors? You know, and like what I the mean? guy like, who's in plaid, Gary. Like, are you a sheriff? Like, what? Why right. are you carrying a gun? Yeah, so that's that was that was kind of like the only real issue that I took with the thing. I thought visually and everything else, the thing was great. You know. Um, as far as American Werewolf, like I said, I just would have picked a lane and stuck to it and then added subtle hints of the other elements of it. Like if you wanted to be a comedy and throw in a couple jump scares, cool, do that. If you wanted to be a horror and make people laugh a couple times, cool, do that. Don't be stuck in limbo like it was and not be either. Like literally split down the middle. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I don't huh. think it was either. I don't think it's funny and I don't think it's scary. You argue it tries to be both. It does try to be both. It does try to be both and it fails. At both. And At I both. disagree. I disagree. For well, the record, again. Well, we are... For the uh, record, again. I disagree. To, we are allowed to do that. <laughs> That's why this is great. Um, it's, I want to I wanna jump on the whole uh, why McCready was the guy that was... Is he so you know, handsome? Well, he is handsome. His hair. He's handsome, and he has the most hair in the whole movie. He has the most hair in the whole movie. And, and he's got the no most style, that fucking hat and those glasses. He's definitely has style. And I think it was just the idea that like, all right, so you see him first, he's playing chess. Everybody else that you see is like one guy is simply hanging out with dogs. The other one's smoking weed all the time. The other one's watching fucking silly movies. The other one's too wrapped up in their work as doctors. And it just seems like McGreedy's the guy that's got his head on the most straight than anybody it's kind of like the poor man's predator with like schwarzenegger yeah, and carl yeah. weathers that's like <laughs> kurt russell and keith david yeah you know? for like, sure yeah for sure done. for sure and what i i do love that they end off together is like well what do we do is like why don't we just stay here for a little while mm-hmm. okay dude talk about and a the good j&b ending. scotch is gone like i love the fact that they're drinking j&b scotch like there are cases and cases and cases of jmb scotch on this compound and not to mention cases of he it. goes through like i would i think from what i saw i'm pretty sure this takes place over 48 hours and he goes through three bottles of jmb fuck he's cocked the whole movie <laughs> he is cocked this whole fucking movie and freezing and terrified i'm gonna get drunk and, and go needs, up to my cabin and he needs to keep his shit together at the same time yeah, I dude. think that's fucking awesome and hilarious. And they use the J&B scotch to blow up the whole fucking thing anyway. 
Oh, man, I wonder if they got sponsored by JMB. You know what's really funny? I was watching this with Corinne, and I was drinking Evan Williams. It was like, you know, it's so funny that I think that just like, you know, regular alcohol is just going to let on fire like that. It's like, it doesn't let on fire like that. And I dipped my finger in the shot glass, and I lit my finger, and I was like, oh, shit, it went up. Oh, it does. I was like, it oh, works. fuck. <laughs> it fucking <Okay>. works. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. All right, fine. <laughs> All right, guys. So next uh, we got, if it comes out today, both these movies, are they going to theater or are they going to video on demand? Ooh, this is a great one. This, this is, is a, this a is good, a great one because good. I think that actually both of these could be stretched into a series. I think you could. That's stretch not it. the fucking question, Ace. Well, <laughs> that's not the fucking question. But series don't come out in the theater. Fuck yourself. It's theater or video on demand. You have to accept them as the movie. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Is it video on demand or is it theater? All of a sudden, Ace is just like, yeah, but if you think about it, the Rob Zombie Halloween is almost as good as the original. It's like, that's not the question. It's not the question. Is it coming to theater or is it going to video on demand? Both these movies now. All right, fine. Well, after like the the 30 seconds of these wavelengths just going off the fucking charts, I'm going to say that, uh, yeah, fine. It goes to video on demand in the red box. Man. Don't be all butthurt. That I'm, I'm not butthurt. I'm just like, Jesus, what the fuck? I had a point, but fuck yourself. All right, make all right? the point then. Make the point. Well, the point is like, I think you could stretch this into a series. I think you could stretch both of these movies into a very well thought out series. The only problem is American Werewolf in London. I don't think that the writers could actually do a 10 episode series where they make every episode meaningful. I think sure. they get to a point where like they have a strong beginning, a shitty middle, and or or, or a lacking middle and then a shitty end. Mm. That's what I think like American Werewolf, like as the story that you see of American Werewolf, if you were if you were to stretch that over 10 episodes, I don't know if you could take that whole story and make it great. The thing, however, the thing, however, I could totally see them taking 10 or 12 episodes and stretching that into something that was worth quality. I think that you could really get into like the isolation. Like even if you took it like 12 hours, like over an hour of time just trying to figure out what the hell this shit is. I'll I think that, that I think that you could actually do an amazing job doing like an isolation uh 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 uh, drive into madness or dive into madness kind of uh, story with the thing. So I would entertain that insofar as it would need to be in real time. So the, the, For sure. Like the, 24. The one thing that I do not like about the thing is that there are certain cuts that John Carpenter made where it's like, oh, you maybe either didn't write it well or didn't figure out a good transition there and just like jumped. Uh, for sure yeah so like if you actually experienced what they were experiencing in real time and got to spend time with them within the paranoia and the isolation and like get the build yes that's what i I mean i think that that could be that would have been amazing with that story and that script but now is it as a movie no it comes on demand it comes on demand like these movies would not make it in theater nowadays no of course they wouldn't no these are 80s movies literally in the beginning of the 80s they would not make it in the theater at 2020 now they would not make it really have they don't have names they just wouldn't make it kurt i mean they got kurt but that's not enough to carry but you had young kurt you don't you have old kurt now who makes it to the theater but old kurt doesn't do too bad the question is is the question if it if this exact movie comes out today or is the question if it's made today if you were to produce the script today, see, if because uh, that's where I'd argue, uh, American Werewolf yeah, definitely goes to on demand. 
I completely oh, yeah, agree with you sure. because no werewolves movies do well in theaters ever. They, they really do every time. Dude. But they do sci-fi alien movies, you could literally put the shittiest movie out there, like every sci-fi movie that's come out in the last decade. And people will watch. And people go to it and it gets an Oscar nod and it comes out in Christmas time. That's why I think <laughs> It sounds like you've got one particular Interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Interstellar? No. I don't like Christopher Nolan. Or The Martian. Which is so well documented. I never saw The Martian. I liked Interstellar, and you don't like Christopher Or Nolan. Gravity. Gravity. Gravity either. Jesus Sandra, George Christ. Clooney. Yeah, I don't Jesus know. Jesus Christ. Christ. That movie boys. got like 13 boys, Oscar noms boys, and deserved boys. like negative two. Gravity, I've got Relax. Gravity was okay. I hate the genre. You don't Apparently. like space. Don't, don't like give a fuck it, about space. Is it because it, it scares you? It has nothing to do with space. It has to do with the fact that I think it's boring and that aliens are not frightening. You're, you're so just you, afraid. I think that you need to expand your mind and do some hallucinogenics. Yeah, bro. You ever That's tried actually DMT? what needs to happen. We need to get you on acid. You need to take some magic mushrooms and you know expand your thought process. Yeah, there is bro. Some Put scary on a Pink shit. Floyd album. See there, you later, buddy. There is some scary shit beyond our, galaxy, uh, beyond our uh, atmosphere. Yeah, but I I understand. Like I I had a I had a hard time getting into the sci-fi genre myself. You did? I did. I had a hard time getting into it. I mean, I'm I'm like I'm when, kind of when, there now. When did you kind of come around to it? Um, stop shaking your head. It's his question. I don't know, man. Like I don't know. I think I actually think it was Prometheus. I oh, think that when man. Prometheus came out started. and when I saw Prometheus, I was like, oh shit, this is incredible. incredible. And I got more interested. Like I saw 2001, and then I saw all the other. I saw Alien, and I they just like rose to the top of Blade Runner. You seen like, Blade Runner? I love Blade Runner. Fuck I really hey, well. I like Blade Runner. Space. I like Blade Runner. I like the. I really did like the the rehash, the Blade Runner sequel with Gosling. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I think it was awesome. I saw it with my buddies who, well, who love film. They love film, and when they saw it, they were like, "This was terrible." Oh, and really? I'm and I'm sitting there. I was like, "I really enjoy this. Why was this terrible?" And I think it just comes with like that purist mentality where it's like, you can't touch something that we love so much, do it again and make it well. And I just think that you should probably get over that, man. Like, I think you I, need to uh, take some hallucinogenics and expand well, your thought process. Well, I, I, just, I just think that, and they even said, it's like, you know, like this movie has great acting. This movie has great visuals. This movie has a great soundtrack. This movie so has a great story. So what's their beef? Just that it's and not that's the a, original movie? Fuck yourself. That, that, and that's kind of where I'm at, where it's like, dude, this is pretty good. This yeah, wasn't so terrible. You don't need to anchor yourself to the original. Like, right. For example, we talked about it last week. It's the Halloween movies. If you were going to literally anchor yourself to John Carpenter's original, you're missing out on like 18 hours worth of fun and sometimes impactful cinema. Hell yeah, man. I agree. Yeah. Um, Jesus, we got so far off topic. Uh, theater or straight to... You never answered the question. Oh, you did. You did. You did. I did. I'm sorry. I I'm did sorry. fine. Andrew, all right. If this is coming out today, you agree it's going I, to video on demand? I think the thing's going to theater. I think American Werewolf's going on. Copy that. All right. So I think that if it came out today as it was... It's going to straight to video, and if straight it, to video, yeah, uh, well, video like Redbox video or eh, maybe I don't know, like yeah, some probably kind of Redbox, some kind of a deep some cut, shit. some yeah, kind some of a deep cut Prime or Netflix, like yeah, here it is, yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear you. Um, but then again, that's in the world of like CGI nowadays and like nobody being impressed by anything. I know we have Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, you so get more entertainment like, out of a fucking video game. Than it's the would. graphics, like the graphics really do it. But I think that the graphics in these movies really do 
withhold the test of time. Like I think those but, are the yeah. two. I think those are the two main things that still hold up today. Is the graphics in this movie? Fuck yeah! Like the special effects in this still hold up. It's like holy shit, you did this practically. Like there's no magic. Like what? Like, cause, With a team cause, of seven? Because <laughs> we're so we're so adapted to magic now, and like anytime you see something in a movie, you're like, oh yeah, CGI. Like that's how they do it. Computers make this look real. Like that's what makes the Avatar world. That's what makes everything look as incredible as it does. It's all computers. It's like, no, people did these with prosthetics. Hmm. People did these with syringes. People did these with hydraulics. People did these with with, with uh, uh, the, the plastic, the silicone. You know, I'm happy you brought that up because like as I was watching these behind the scenes thing, first of all, like it takes patience and a lot of dedication to make a movie in general. But like you look at these movies with all these prosthetics and like they were shooting on film and they were shooting on location. It's like, fuck off right that is not easy to do no it is not like what they did honestly like i challenge the average person in this world to just like pick up a camera and like try even filming one scene of what they did fuck yourself you can't do it they actually are artists they are actually bending reality it's so cool I agree. I agree. And I think that it's gotten so far away from that like practical way of doing it that we've so far. But then again, but then again, there is something to be said about the CGI world. There is. I think it's amazing. I think I think it's just as amazing. I think it is just as amazing. But I do think that there is a certain element. There's there's just something that you see. And like when you look at it today, you have like, oh, there's got to be something digital about that. Mm. Like you see the hand stretch in American Werewolf. It's like, yeah, it's got to be digitally done. No, like, no, there's <laughs> nothing digital about that. Man. No way. Man. There's nothing digital about the thing when the fucking legs come out of the goddamn head and it starts when the crawling. Fucking, the whole floor upends and that fucking monster comes out. The there's thing. nothing happened. digital. Man. People there's did that. nothing digital. And I think that that has more like I feel like you could understand it and like shrug your shoulders when somebody shows you a computer program. But you are completely floored and jaw dropped when you see somebody actually being able to execute it in practical ways and i think that's why these movies really do reign above like anything that's cgi and still hold today even if the acting is shit even if the script is flawed even if these things are dated doesn't matter I think, because they i think hold it's up the, because it was original it right was and i real. think it's those i think it's that um that conquest for complete and total reality with the effects of it mm. like how do i make this look so real that's what really makes these movies come above. Like even the hair. So real quick, just fun fact, the Rick Baker in this in this video I was watching. So he was like, "Okay, you want to see the hair grow. That's going to take for fucking ever." So sure. what he decided was again, going back to the idea of reversing. He was like, uh, "They they have a close-up and you see the hair growing in." What they did, they filmed the close-up. The hair was already there. Rick Baker pulled it back. Right. And then they reversed it in the edit. Like that makes sense. That's that makes so total genius. Sense. That's but, that's craftsmanship. And it looked so real that it was coming out, that it was really actually growing, almost like stop motion, but a fluid stop motion that you couldn't even tell that it was in reverse. So unique. I agree. So unique. I agree. I, I think that's what makes these two films very notable is just the effects of it and how realistic they still did look today in 2020 40 or 38 years ago yeah all right let's move on has it aged well andrew the thing in no way the thing american werewolf i appreciate both 
like like I said like I said to lead it off I appreciate both for when they came out mm. no they didn't age well they're not scary they're not gripping hey bullshit no I'm gonna hold you to what you said earlier with the the hands and the that's the one blood. scene like I mean I don't know I feel like that counts for something no <laughs> <laughs> if, if we're doing it by percentage points no it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> um the, the the morphing into a werewolf scene still holds up yeah that okay. scene holds up for sure um no nothing else again i just like to find some common ground so at least if you can give me the transformation scene, that seems really cool that seems really cool and like even today i was like i don't ha- i don't i've never seen anything like that and like no. i i don't know like on a more personal note like category aside do you not like personally when you watch the thing do you not like in some way feel in awe like oh shit how did the fuck they do that i don't know i don't really question it they're professionals but they weren't. That's the that's the cool thing. Yeah, like that is pretty cool. That's the they cool weren't. thing about it. Like specifically in regards to Rick Baker on American Werewolf, he was twenty one. Yeah, he was twenty one, and he admittedly said, "Like I was just, I got a bunch of interns who like said they 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 mailed me. Like he said that he got an intern from Texas, he got an intern from like Illinois. They just sent him fan letters off of a movie he did with Landis before, and he was like, well, listen, I need cheap labor, and I need a team who's going to help me out. Like hop on. They right. were fucking figuring it out." Sure. They were young guys. But Baker also had extensive training before this. No, movie. he didn't. He worked with on The Exorcist. No, he did. He was a no, he was really he was the assistant to the. Oh, what you set. got? You got the skinny? What's up? Yeah, yeah what's the skinny there? Prosthetic makeup. Effects I love that veteran. you just use skinny. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> he worked with Dick Smith on the 1973 The Exorcist. Which, no shit. That's like the guy's his assistant. That's like the cream of the crop of early horror movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. Right. That's great. I'll, I'll so I mean, if he's gonna learn from anybody, I, I mean, well, it's cool. This that guy he, clearly was professional. Like, well, he, he might have been young, but I mean, young. I wouldn't say still... he was professional until he did this movie. He was definitely an assistant until he did this movie. He was an apprentice until he did this movie, where he became a professional after. Like he took all the things that he learned. Sure, but he's not some novice. You know what I mean? No, like, he's, he's, not, he's definitely not somebody that has like a dream vision and right, just like and just, is like, naturally, naturally made good it at happen. Like, yeah, he, of course not. There's something to it. He, but still, at the age of 22, it's like, what the fuck were you doing at 22? Like, I was like, cooking. I, yeah, I yeah, not, me too. I wasn't doing dog shit. At 22, I was jerking off a lot. <laughs> See? Like, that's, you, so wait a minute. You said, you said that he did the makeup for American Werewolf at 22? Yeah. 21. He was born in 1950. American Werewolf came out in 81. Really? Yeah. Where are you guys pulling your facts from? From Rick Baker. I've been watching a lot of videos where he keeps saying that he was 21. Born How- December 8th, 1950. The movie came out 1981. Well, when was it filmed? 50 to 81. You think it was filmed 10 years before it came out? I mean, it could have been. There's all you guys. <laughs> it could have been. I don't let's, know. Let's, you let, tell me. Guys, if you, I'm all for making points, but let's have some fucking substance. Well, I, was, I, I had read that it was actually the, the thing guy. That was in his 20s, early 20s when okay, he did his may- thing. Maybe 30. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I was listening to interviews and I was watching videos where this came out. Like, for example, like, hey, Joe Rogan. Um, I, was, <laughs> I was listening to the interview where he was talking to Rogan and he was talking about how he was like 21 when he made this movie. So, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, really? I'll, I'll admit, you know, if that's a, an actual fact. Uh, and Rick Baker's actually not that impressive. Well, come on, 30 years old and you're still getting the Academy Award for your fucking work. I mean, I don't know. There's something to be said. Oh, he also did Harry and the Henderson, Xander. I know. He said that's his, that's like his claim to fame. What? He said that's, that's like, claim? he said that's his, that's like, his claim. He said he's like most proud of that. 
Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, that's he made Bigfoot. <laughs> like, wow. In a John Lithgow movie. <laughs> All right. So, uh, favorite quote. Yeah, I mean, he did. He did like fifteen movies before American Werewolf. Wow. Okay. So maybe it wasn't the American okay. Werewolf guy. All right. So we've kind of been having this whole podcast on the wrong preposition here. Yeah, I guess we have been. Damn, son. Were I'm you? sorry to any of the listeners out there. Uh, I've been schooled. Yeah. Yeah. Call it schooled. Buddy. You have too. You've been agreeing with me, ass fuck. I have been. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, I said something and then you said something else and I agreed with you from there. So I guess this is what I get for following the leader. <laughs> All right. Favorite quote. Favorite quote from each movie. Uh, my, fa- my favorite quote from the thing is the T-line. The T-line? <laughs> yeah. No, you're talking about American Werewolf. American Werewolf, that's what I mean, yeah. Um, the thing, I don't have a favorite quote. I got a favorite it's not quote? very quotable. I think my favorite quote from uh, the thing is <laughs> something to the effect of, now will you untie me from, th- I know you've been very busy, but <laughs> would you untie me from this fucking couch? I don't know. I do not want to spend the rest of my time here in Antarctica tied to <laughs> this fucking, fucking couch. I don't know. That just that was pretty me. awesome. It tickled. That me. was pretty fucking funny. Um, I like that one too. Yeah, American Werewolf in London. There's nothing too memorable except probably the Queen Elizabeth is a man, Prince Charles is a faggot, and then Winston those, Churchill is full those of are, That is a good one. That was like a great lines. fucking line. Those are great. In lines. the thing too, when the Norwegian guy is dead, McCready's like. Hey Sweden, <laughs> and, and, and like, then no, and then, he's Norwegian. <laughs> and then oh, what is it? Nals? What are we? Where was Norway now? <laughs> the thing's not quotable. Uh, not re- neither of them are really quotable. I don't know. There's not which much is so really funny because like comedies are usually quotable when it was funny. a horror film. You keep the thing is you not keep a comedy. It sound like I'm trying to argue that it's a comedy. My stance. The movie itself for is the record that it's a comedy. Wait, for, you mean no, the thing? No, yeah, you, no. Uh, American Werewolf. American Werewolf is by all rights a comedy. I would argue it's a horror, but it's not funny. <laughs> Wait. Why don't you back up for a second and listen no, to what you just fucking, fucking said? No, it is fucking funny. American Werewolf isn't funny. And American I'm Werewolf is I'm not arguing funny. it's a comedy. He I'm, just said it's a comedy. I said, take it up with him. I am. What I'm saying is that I'm taking, his, it, up with the, I'm taking it up with both of you. I'm taking it up you. with the system. <laughs> the both system, man. Bears. No, I think that, that movie isn't funny and it's not scary, which is why the two things that it's billed as are completely false, which is why it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how do you really feel? I just, I've been pretty blatant about said. how I feel. <laughs> a movie that bills itself as a horror or a comedy should have at least one element of those two aspects. And it doesn't have I think either. it has both, but I would argue it's a horror. I would argue that it's uh, it's an entertainment piece. It's it's a, it's an entertainment piece, <laughs> It's a metaphor for a crap movie. It's a metaphor for a crap movie. Oh, y'all, Peter? What's the next category? These Honestly, m- I don't know because we're going off of an August 22nd draft. Do you guys want to chime in here and help me out? No. What? How could Mark Wahlberg have been worked in both of them? <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, I'm a werewolf. This I'm going to change tonight. You got to chain me up. Hey. You can't trust me. You got to break okay? the... Bl- no, you would have cast... No, that... All right, going back a few he categories. He could have been McCready. If, no, if I had been, oh, he if I been, been doing this that movie, awesome. I would have made him, I would have made him uh, Jack in American Werewolf. Hey, man, you got to kill yourself. You got to break the werewolf <laughs> bloodline. That's the only way I'm going to get to heaven. Hey, why so, you guys, know, I did this for you, right? I like, did this for you. What's up with those five-pointed stars? <laughs> <laughs> That's you, real funny, but... Why'd you like candles, the, huh? You having a funeral, huh? huh? Somebody, somebody die? die? Yeah. <laughs> LFT. 
You got any Dunkin' Donuts around here? Yo, I'll take it. <laughs> take, yo, I love you, you, you know? You got a Dunkin' Donuts or a Boston Market? <laughs> Damn it, son. I wish I had the That's other. the only what real the other category ca- oh, I care about. We do, oh, do oh, 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 hold on, hold yeah, on. What do you who, got? What do you got? Yeah, who's gay in this movie? <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Griffin Dunn. Griffin Dunn. Yeah, he's probably homosexual. Hey. <laughs> You're calling Clockwork Orange right now, aren't you? Are you now? Or have you ever been? A homosexual. <laughs> oh man. No, I said homosexual. Uh, homosexual. <laughs> I don't know. You guys got anything else, or is this a wrap on our first double feature? I think this is a wrap on the double feature. What do you think? You got anything else? Well, what's everybody watch? What what else do you guys watch? No, thank you for asking. I've been watching nothing because I've been a slave to my job. But I'd love That's to. Fun. I'd love to hear what you're watching. Actually, no, I did. I watched Borat. Uh, Borat. Borat. You watched the first Borat. You watched I watched Borat, Borat, Borat yeah. again. That's. I texted you guys the other night, and yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. Watching, I saw that. I was watching I Borat. That. That was good. Dude. Good for uh, you. And honestly. I laughed my ass off. It was a yeah. really good stress reliever. Oh, that's so funny. It's so funny. It gets a little obnoxious for me, but uh, well, I understand how it's funny. Borat's probably top 20 comedy ever. Fuck yourself. What? What's top 20 nice? comedy ever? Yeah. Ever? Period. Yeah. You got a low barometer, dude. Yeah, you really do. There's a lot of good high Based on what comedies. is that a low barometer? Borat is one of the most widely critically successful movies ever. Well... Okay. What did Roger Ebert give? I just we wanna, didn't do the prosecution. Yeah, I just no. I want to touch on that we, a little can, bit because I want to know. I want to know where the low barometer for Borat being a top twenty comedy comes from. Well, just because it was well received by everybody and critically acclaimed. Don't get me wrong. Fucking I, hilarious. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think it's like a really good satire. Like, dude. Yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen knows how to fucking poke a stick. And it's really funny. Without looking at any other element of it, it's a comedy that's fucking hilarious. Dude, I think that it was too obnoxious for his time. To that dinner party. Everything when, about it is. And funny. when he brings the bag of shit down to the yeah, dinner party, like, everything. Where about do that I movie put this? Oh no, I'm gonna. Ah, and she goes upstairs and oh, I take the toilet paper. I will. You wipe me. No, no. This is a private thing. You wipe yourself. And he actually uh, did all that shit. Like, okay. it was a real troll. In fairness, yeah, like he's trolling to the it's nth like he, degree. He does these so things. But, you know, I got a low barometer for comedy, I guess. You do have a With, low barometer. Well, you guys, I mean, think, you I guys think, think American Werewolf in London is good, and I got a low barometer for comedy. You do. You got a low barometer. Well, I don't, okay. know, I don't know if it's a, it's a low barometer, but I just think that it's interesting to put it in the top 20. But, I mean, if you're giving 20 movies for top 20, okay, it could probably fit in there. It could fit in the top <laughs> you know, if 20. You're give 20 movies for top 20. Yeah, if you're going to put literally 20 movies in there, yeah, Borat could probably fit in there. Yeah, and probably but, top 15, honestly. Oh, top 15. Top 100 is 100 what that comedies? Says. You couldn't tell me 100 comedies right now. Eh, Chucky, Chucky, Barry, Billy, Mikey. I could. Could you? And yeah. Brad. Mikey, Tommy, Timmy. <laughs> Mikey, Mikey, Tommy, Tommy Timmy, Timmy, Charlie. And Brandon. And Brandon. Um, what, oh, so Ace, what have you been watching? We know Max uh, has been watching Borat. Yeah, he has not been watching Borat. He, I mean, he's been watching it, no, but he hasn't, really, he hasn't seen Borat. He watched it, but he hasn't seen it. He, he didn't, didn't understand it. it. No, uh, I watched... Uh, <laughs> 
I did watch Motherless Brooklyn after oh, he told yes, me about it. Yes, yes, I'm so happy that you brought this up. I'm so happy that I you did. brought this I up. Watched. Motherfuckers, we're three episodes away from when we last talked about it, and it's right. finally coming up again. Right. Fucking Motherless Brooklyn right. Ace, hit me with your take. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great. I did think it was Chinatown. I thought it was trying to be Chinatown from somebody who loved Chinatown when they saw it, which was Edward Norton. Which yeah. was Edward Norton. I thought Edward Norton saw Chinatown. He was like, fuck yeah, that's new war, baby. I'm going to make this. And he's like, I'm going to make my new war, baby. How was it? I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I thought it was long. I thought it was way too long. Too long. I didn't think, it, like, I, 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 we I were texting all said, throughout. Yeah, I think yeah. you had said is it like it's trying to be something that it's not. It's like no, it is being the thing. It is being noir. Not I think, the thing by John Carpenter. But no, it's just it like is B-level noir. It is being noir. It is being noir. But it was not noir in the romantic sense that we hold high noirs like Casablanca and um, I can't think of any others right now. Well, because his character is the protagonist, right? He is. And is it a love story about him? It's uh, not a love it's, story. It's a love story about what he's doing. Okay. Like hold on, he, hold on. It's not a love story. Well, I think that he loves, well, loves and needs to do whatever he's doing. I think it's that not a love story. story. It's not a traditional love story. No, no it's not, not a love where story he finds somebody and they fall in love. But I think that he needs to do what he's doing to figure out what's going on it, in so his I'm head. Asking. Ace, Ace, hold on. If I can put words in your mouth, correct me if I'm wrong. When you, yeah, say, yeah. When you say it's a love story, if I if I'm reading you right, if I'm hearing you right, you mean it's Edward Norton's love story to the genre. I I think that's that's a great way of putting it, and I think that it's a because love, there's no love story in there. I think that it's a, it's it's a you can call it an obsession story. Then it's an obsession story it's of a, this one a, character's story need to crime. figure out the truth, and there's a love obsession. To that. I would accept. The, the, uh, all right, let's, let's I, I, I won't we go can, into semantics can, with that. I won't go into semantics with that, but it is an obsession into. You don't want to go into the parameters. You no, don't no, no I don't want to go into semantics. Like, movie? we can go into the parameters. I don't want to go into the semantics of that. But yeah, I think that it's, it's a man's obsession into the truth no matter what. And he's faced with a different challenge. Every clue that he, every rock that he turns over and every clue that he finds, he's faced with a different challenge on what to do with the information. Uh, yeah, but that's noir. I, I agree. That's noir. Yeah, and I think that's, that's what he was. In, and you had mentioned is like, it's trying to be something that it's not. And I think that it is actually, it's exactly what it is. I just don't think it was executed the best way. Uh. I think it was executed a fine way. And Matthew loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, uh, listen, I think that I can summarize my take on that movie real quick. It was a solid noir piece. I think it was too long. And I think that Edward Norton missed the point of his main character with himself. Uh, I think really, I think his character missed the point. I think that Edward Norton got hung up on the quirk and acting the quirk that the quirk of him, you know, uh, I got, so for anybody that hasn't seen motherless Brooklyn or is not familiar with the, you know, I'm not, I'm not hating on it at this point. I actually mean this when I, when I think of mother, uh, motherless Brooklyn, his, the, the, the kind of differentiating characteristic of this movie that sets it apart from any noir movie is that, the main character is not a hero and his main quirk is that he actually has like a, a certain type of autism where he like he'll hear a phrase and he keeps going over it. Sure. I think my main criticism of the movie is that 
it became a shtick and it didn't service the forward progression of the movie. I think that Edward Norton could have made a very solid movie had he cast another actor. I don't think I don't think he would have gotten <clears throat> financing unless he was the main character. However, okay. I think that if he had actually cast another actor to take on those quirks, he would have been able to uh, maybe shorten it by a half an hour and keep the plot moving. I think that Edward Norton as an actor focused on the quirk too much that it became distracting. I think it was a good plot device though. I think it was a good story device. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and honestly, that's my main beef because we were talking about it via text, dude. Yeah. Like the cinematography the was fucking amazing. Yeah. The acting was, Oh, it was high class actors working with the director that I felt was self-conscious. Um, maybe, maybe you're right there. Maybe you're right there. I think that there was an incredible, um, execution of you you meet this character of edward norton who has the tourette's and who has this autism and who has this amazing ability to remember shit mm -hmm. and cool character device co cool character device and he has a boss and the boss is who gives him his direction is like this is what you need to focus on and then when he's focusing he doesn't fuck up mm. and that's 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 established immediately it's like when it counts i'm good mm. it's like you know i'm good when it counts and like i am the ace don't worry i will do it and i think throughout the movie the stakes get raised so much higher that those, uh, like those Tourette's tropes and those things, like, and I thought it was like, oh man, you're really like losing this character. Like, why aren't you like outbursting more? Like sure. in this movie, like it feels like you're just dropping the shtick. Like you're dropping the whole thing. He's like, no, because he's becoming more and more focused on the mystery. He's become more and more oh, focused as he's getting deeper and deeper into it. It's getting more and more like tight with him. Whereas like he's got nothing else to think about. There's nothing else to set him off. It's like he just needs to figure out why this is happening. And it's getting more and more convoluted. And that's putting him more and more in a zone to focus. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, that's a pretty cool take on it. That's how I looked at it. Because I really thought, I was like, dude, you're really like giving up on this whole Tourette's thing. And it's like, no. It, he's it, becoming it, dialed it, in. He's dialing in. And he's dialing in the most he's ever been as a detective, as a PI, as anybody that needs to figure something out. He's the most dialed in he's ever been the deeper he gets into the story of figuring out who killed his, you know, Bruce Willis. See, that's <laughs> Bruce Willis. God damn it. Bruce Willis. I really wish that somebody else was cast in that role. <laughs> I was not a huge fan of Bruce Willis in this role. I Bruce, was not a huge fan. You, you've seen Sin City, right? Fuck yeah. I feel like he was doing his character in Sin City, but uh, like to a much worse. I think Bruce Willis thinks he's too cool. I think Bruce Willis thinks he's way more cool than he actually is. You've got that story in your head, don't you? I mean, I do, but I do think that Bruce Willis now thinks he's too cool. Can we not give away too much more of the movie? Yeah, we can. Because I haven't seen it yet, so. Well, you need to step up your game. I didn't know that we were watching it. <laughs> I didn't know you that was You motherfucker, you challenged me to, you know, back I up know my arguments. I didn't, see, here's the thing. I didn't realize that Ace would be, like, so on board. Like, I didn't realize you would love the movie Motherfucker, I'm unemployed. You like, should stay. We're I'm wrapping on. this up soon. We're not, we're, I'm not sitting here. I got a piss, too. I'm, I'm looking to have a smoke. Let's. Uh, I only watch, I haven't watched movies. I watched the new Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, what did you think? Karen yeah. watched that too. I liked it. Yeah? I liked it a lot. It wasn't scary at all. Uh, whereas, like, at least Hill House, Hill House had some scares. Okay. This season didn't have any, but 
cool story. I liked it. It was actually kind of like a love story almost, oh, um, but it was good. You know, like the writing was good. Uh, characters kind of lacked a little bit. Like there was a, there were a lot of holes in it, okay. but definitely worth watching. Um, and I rewatched last season of American Horror Story because I thought that we were all coming to the table with an American Horror Story topic. 1984. Oh, the challenge. Dude, oh, you guys been deep. fucked up again. It's been <laughs> deep. It's nobody reminded us. Well, uh, I was thinking afraid. about it. Nobody today. reminded us. Like was, it's just I the was, three of us. Dude, was, it's been two weeks. We haven't gotten together in two weeks. Come on. I thought I. Okay. In fairness, so you don't I, have our list of topics, and you didn't have the challenge ready. What was our topic? No, you don't have our list of topics. You deleted it. <laughs> All right, fuck yourself. That came to the table like three weeks ago. Yeah, fine. Anyway, forgive uh, me. If you want to talk we, about, we American knew Horror our topics Story, last time. If you want to talk about American Horror Story, I am prepared. <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> no, I'm ready to talk. I'm done. Jessica Lang. I'm done. Because you got you don't have the knowledge of it right now to have an actual conversation about it. It would all be based on emotion. I'm Andrew Hogan. I'm Matt Belt. <laughs> I'm Alex Kaimano. <laughs> We've been drinking and watching. I've yes. been drinking and I've been watching. Baby. Yes, we have. Love you, folks. Thank you for uh, paying attention. Good night. Adios. <laughs>